it is officially new grad season. I can't believe that it's been like four whole years since I graduated from OT school. I was in OT school from, let's see, 2016 until 2019. So yeah, it's been four years. Let me tell you, time is flying by so quickly. I don't know about you, but I can barely keep up. So if you're listening to this and you've just graduated, let me just first start off this entire episode by saying a big, huge, happy congratulations. I want you to know just how proud of you I am. I know that it maybe probably wasn't the easiest journey. I mean, I've been in your shoes as an OT student, so I know, right? It's not easy and you may have had some hiccups, you may have had some obstacles along the way, but hey, you did it. You did it. You're officially an occupational therapy graduate, and I just truly hope that you're proud of yourself, and I hope you're still riding that cloud nine feeling from graduation. If you're listening to this right now, when it first comes out, it's going to be July, but I know graduation is kind of like May and June, so we're a few months outside of graduation time, but I truly hope that you are still just feeling that excitement. Now, at this point, you probably have already scheduled your board exam, the NBCOT, for a few weeks or maybe even a few months from now, and you know you'll be spending the majority of your time studying. But you may be wondering, what should I, or I guess what could I, be doing when I'm not studying, right? Like, what else is important? That time between graduation and actually starting to practice as an OT can feel kind of like living in a limbo. At least I know it did for me. And the best way I can describe it is, you know those days in between Christmas and New Year's where you're just like vegging out, you don't really know what day it is. Honestly, favorite time of the year, but I digress. But you know like that feeling, that limbo? Well, Sometimes that is what it can feel like, and while you'll probably dedicate a good chunk of time to studying, as you should, you may also find that you do have a bit of free time. Now, I also found myself in this weird transition period where I wasn't quite practicing, but I also wasn't a student, and I wanted to take this time to really prepare for what was to come. I mean, when you think about it, it's kind of scary, right? I mean, I don't know if scary is the right word, but intimidating maybe or just like overwhelming because you've identified as a student for such a large portion of your life probably around two maybe almost three decades I want to say so then all of a sudden like you're not a student anymore and you've spent all this time learning and preparing to become a practitioner or whatever career you're in and now it's time to learn about your career and your workplace and your finances and honestly yourself The new grad season is an exciting time, but it can also, like I said, be intimidating and it can be overwhelming. So today on the show, I'm sharing my biggest tips, tricks, and advice for navigating the new grad season in hopes that it'll help make this transition just a little bit easier and a little bit smoother for you. So new grads listening, this one's for you. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kind of left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school, then friend, you're in the right place. 
Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should have. I'm your host, Amira Kondali. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast, and I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. All right, I'm going to admit something, and... It's not that I'm afraid to admit it. I guess it just feels weird saying out loud because when I think about it, I don't think I've actually shared this with anyone other than my mom and my husband. (laughs) But when I first graduated, I feel like I had or I went through an identity crisis. I was so used to studying and writing papers and going to class, hanging out in the library or the lab that when I didn't have to do those things anymore, I didn't know like what the heck to do with myself. (laughs) Just being honest, I was kind of like, what do I enjoy outside of school? I really didn't know. And I know this is going to sound a little bizarre, or maybe it won't because maybe, maybe you feel this way too. But part of me missed it. I missed the rigor and the intensity and the thrill of academic life. So much so that I thought about continuing with school (laughs) and getting a PhD in rehabilitation sciences to be specific. Now, yes, if you know my backstory, you know that I have already earned a clinical doctorate, but yeah, I wanted to go and get another doctorate. And I guess part of me was just feeling a little lost on what life outside of academia could look like. And If you've ever felt that way, or if you're currently feeling that way, you're not alone. So why didn't I end up going back for a second doctorate? Well, first of all, my husband, boyfriend at the time, completely talked me out of it because at that point I had figured out how much debt I was in and I was like, okay, (laughs) let's not dig yourself into even more of a debt hole than you already are. But the other reason is that I realized that what I needed to do was to be intentional, you know, those first few months after graduation so that I could kind of train myself to see the other side, what life outside the classroom would look like. And the new grad season is is kind of, I don't know, I guess I feel like it's divided into two parts, right? You have the part where after graduation, when you're studying and you're preparing to take your boards, and then the second part is right after you've started working in your first clinical, maybe traditional, maybe even non-traditional position, who knows. So I'm going to break down exactly what worked for me in both of those parts, because when I say new grad season, I want to make it clear that, like I said, those seasons are kind of divided into two parts, at least the way that my brain, I don't know, (laughs) conceptualizes the new grad season is in those two parts. So I'm breaking down what worked for me in both of those parts, and then specifically what some steps I took mentally, emotionally, and of course, financially to navigate this season. So let's start with that first part of the new grad season. I'm going to call it post-graduation. Like I said, these are the things that I did. And I mean, this entire podcast is kind of like my story and my tips based on what worked for me. So this first one, I feel like I'm beating around the bush here. Okay, I'm just going to jump into it. (laughs) This first one is probably going to make you like raise your eyebrows a little bit. 
But my first piece of advice and the first thing that I did was take a vacation or maybe a staycation. Now, you're probably like, wait, what What do you mean take a vacation after graduation? And you might be surprised that this is my first point. But the first thing I did after I graduated was I went on a little road trip. And I went on a road trip with my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. And we explored like a ton of national parks. So we went to the Grand Canyon. We did Antelope Canyon, which was, oh my gosh, so beautiful. We went to Horseshoe Bend. We floated down the Colorado River and we even hopped over to Utah to explore Bryce Canyon. We didn't go to Zion and that stands to be one of the biggest regrets about that road trip is that we didn't go to Zion. I don't know why we didn't go, but we didn't end up going to Zion. But anyway, so we spent about a week and a half um, traveling in, in different locations and exploring and it was a blast. Like we had the best time. And what was so interesting too about this trip is it was kind of like a celebration for me for like graduating, but then it was also Mozzie's last hurrah because he was actually starting his graduate program the month after I graduated. So I graduated in May and he was starting his program in June. So we were basically exploring around Arizona because that's where we were both moving to. So anyways, just gave you a whole life story, (laughs) backstory there. But it was such a fun time. And the reason I did this, one of the reasons is because like I'd worked so hard. Like I'm not, you know, I don't feel weird saying that. I mean, I I worked really hard (laughs) in OT school as all of us do, right? And I wanted to celebrate graduating. And during this time, I'm going to be so honest with you, I did not study. And I didn't even think about studying. And it was great. It was really great. So if you're wondering if it's okay to take a little celebratory trip, my answer is to treat yourself. Now, I do know people who hit the ground running as soon as graduation, you know, as soon as we walked across the stage, they had like all their study materials and, you know, they went for it and they took their MBCOT, you know, the following week. And if that is who you are, that's totally fine. Like, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, that's not a good thing to do. Like if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I'm just saying, I think that part of navigating this season is to reward yourself for the hard work that you've already put in and to celebrate and to know that like from here on out, life just gets a lot more intense and you have a lot more responsibilities. I was talking actually to one of my best friends from college and she was, you know, reminding me of how when we were in college and we didn't have any responsibilities other to, than to like show up to class and like how blissfully joyful life was. And and I just want you as a new grad to enjoy that this small season of your life because it does go by quickly, right? And then you start working and then, you know, everything else happens after that. So take the time to really just enjoy yourself. And like I said, to treat yourself and to celebrate this incredible accomplishment that you've made. Now, my one thing here I'm going to say is like, don't go into debt necessarily to take a vacation, right? Don't use a credit card that you can't pay for. And so if you know that you want to do a vacation 
like, and that's why I said a vacation or maybe even a staycation. Maybe that just looks like going to a nice hotel in the city where you live and staying for two days and exploring the city in a new way. Like you don't have to, you know, go to a tropical island or anything like that. I mean, if you do, that's great. But <laughs> like I said, don't go into debt to do it. So you can do a vacation or a staycation, but just make sure to keep your expenses low. You know, don't rack up a bunch of credit card debt or anything like that. Like, make sure that you're able to pay for this out of pocket in some way. So that is my first piece of advice. And again, the first thing that I did when I graduated. My second piece of advice and the thing that I did really kind of centered around mental health. And I'm going to be very honest here. I don't feel like I prioritize my mental health enough. Oh my gosh, honestly, until about a year and a half, maybe ago, when I started therapy. And that's not okay. (laughs) Like, I feel like I was one of those people who knew that like, oh yeah, I should prioritize my mental health, but I didn't know what that looked like. And so this next point really highlights the importance of prioritizing your mental health in the sense that you want to make sure that you are just pouring into yourself in all areas of wellness, you know, in your life. Now, first things first, like, get a therapist? Absolutely. (laughs) I think everyone should have a therapist. Now that I've been in therapy, I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this sooner? But I'm digressing. So let me get concretely into the second point. And the second point is to establish a good routine. And the reason is because routine to me, and again, this is just like my personal advice and, you know, insight, but to me, having a good routine helps to keep me mentally clear. Now, if you're someone who thrives on routine, this is a really good one for you. You can take this time to explore what morning or evening routine works best for you. Now, for me, it was trying to wake up and have breakfast every single morning before I'd start studying. And the reason is because when it was time for me to start working, I wanted to already be in the habit of waking up and having breakfast. Now, this might sound really simple, but again, Amira did not used to prioritize her mental health at all, um, and it was not healthy. <laughs> so for me, eating uh, was just really, it was really hard for me to remember to, not even to remember, but to like just take the time and prioritize my nutritional needs. And so I would just like skip breakfast and lunch and then just eat a bunch of carbs for dinner. Not that anything's wrong with carbs, but like it just wasn't a balanced diet. And I was like this in like college and honestly high school. Like I just, it for me, eating was just always something that I wasn't very intentional about. And so in this new grad season, I was like, you know what, when I start working, I need to have I need to be, you know, fueled and ready to take on the day. And so for me, I wanted to establish that routine of like, get up, get up early enough to, that was a big thing, get up early enough to, so that I can have some breakfast. So my advice to you is to take this time in your new grad season, specifically in, you know, postgraduate before you start working to figure out what works best for you to start and also to end your day on the right foot. I guess this point really just plays into you know, this whole idea of self-care. So whatever self-care looks like for you, like like I said, for me, it was taking care of what my body needed to feel energized throughout the day. And like I said, to just have the fuel, you know, to like see patients and to see kids and things like that. So really pouring into yourself is a good 
this is a good time to highlight and focus and prioritize before you start working because when you start working, it might be a lot harder to build those habits. So take this time, build those habits, establish good routines. You know, it doesn't have to be same thing, uh, same time of day, but just like the, the general routine in the mornings and the evenings, you know, whatever that's going to look like, maybe on the weekends, whatever you want to do, but establishing a good routine. And like I said, pouring into yourself now in this season is really going to help you to remember and to be in the habit of pouring into yourself later. And that's going to be so important too, as you start working and you're seeing patients and you're pouring into everyone else, you want to make sure that you're also pouring into yourself. All right. I can't believe I've made it almost an entire 20 minutes into this episode without talking about money. But here we go, (laughs) because it wouldn't be the Miracle Money podcast if I didn't talk about money, right? So third point is financial. So my advice when it comes to navigating your finances in this season, and this is one of those things that, again, I did not do very well myself, but that's because I was learning (laughs) and I wasn't quite on my money journey when I first graduated. So number one, when in doubt, save your money. This is like the best piece of advice that someone gave me and that I'm going to give to you. If you don't know what you're doing with your money right now, totally fine. Now, and I say this because you may have some leftover student loan money, you may have been working and so you have some income there, but when you don't know what to do, just save your money and specifically save your money in that high yield savings account. And actually, you know, I was just thinking, I just calculated how much I've earned just year to date in my high yield savings account. And it is roughly, I think it was like $360, which is great. Like that's just interest that has been accumulating. So it feels like free money to me because I didn't have to do anything for it. It just kind of showed up in my account, right? So, and I've talked about the high yield savings account in a previous episode and friend, mom brain is real. So I'm completely blanking on which episode it was but I'll figure that out and include it in the show notes. So if you missed that episode, go back and check out where I talked about high yield savings account. So that's the first thing is to just save your money. If you don't know what you're doing, save your money and then we'll figure out what to do with it later. But save your money in a high yield savings account. Next thing is to calculate your ongoing bills, including your student loan payment so that you can get a baseline of your expenses. So whatever you're spending per month, go ahead and start tracking that. You can use a financial app. I've already talked before about how much I love Mint, so I will leave a link to that in the show notes, but I love Mint. So like I said, just keeping track of your expenses and then of course your bills and your student loan payment. Something else you can do is to start working on your negotiation strategy now by doing a little bit of research. And the reason I wanted to put this one in here is because when you, once you graduate and you know you take your board exam, you pass, things start to pick up very quickly. You find some jobs that you like, you apply, next thing you know, you're going on interviews, you're getting job offers. So when you have that downtime, a good way to spend it is by doing some research, doing some market research to see, and I I think I've talked all about the negotiation strategy stuff in the past, but start doing some research to get some real numbers in your head. You can come to me, you can ask me. I also have a new freebie that I'm not sure I've shared about yet, but I have a new freebie. (laughs) It is the crash course in job negotiation for the fresh new graduate, and I will also link that in the show notes, so check out that freebie. It 
comes with actually a mini video training on how to be a confident negotiator. So negotiation is one of those things I love talking about. I could talk about it all day long, but it is a good way to spend your time. It's just working on, okay, once I start getting these job offers, how am I going to negotiate? You can even start writing out your templates for what to say exactly. So this is a really good way to, you know, spend some of that, like I said, downtime when you are not studying. So those are my financial tips and it's really not too much here because, you know, if you're not making a solid income, then there's not too much that you can do, but those are just some areas that you can focus on now to set yourself up, you know, successfully for when you do start making, you know, the big bucks, (laughs) then you'll be able to just kind of have started your whole financial journey and you'll be able to pick up, you know, with these couple of things that you've already done. All right, last one, and probably possibly the most important thing I want you to do is to chill out. I know, you're like, wait, what? Yes, I want you to chill out. I want you to relax because trust me, when you start working, you might just feel like you hit the ground running. Like I said before, it all happens so fast. I mean, you're in that weird limbo, everything's a blur, and then it's like, bam, (laughs) I am actually in OT, I am practicing in my setting, I am like seeing patients, I'm doing evals, I'm doing all the things. So making sure to, I just want to emphasize this, to prioritize yourself and your mental health during this time. You know, you've worked hard through OT school and yes, you should be studying, but also give yourself time to relax and just do whatever it is that brings you peace and joy. So now we've kind of covered all of, you know, the things that I've done and my tips and my advice for you when you're navigating that first part of your new grad season, let's move into part two, which is post-job. So you've gotten the job and you're now practicing. So what are some of the things that can help make that transition part easier and smoother? That's what I want to spend the next few minutes talking about. So the first thing, and I kind of already said this earlier, but prioritizing your mental health. And the reason this is so important is because of burnout. And I know you know what I'm talking about. Burnout is that feeling where you start working and, you know, you just, I mean, you don't even really have to define burnout, burnout, right? You're just burnt out. (laughs) You're exhausted. You are depleted. You don't have energy. You... It's a, it's a rough time. Burnout is really rough. And so that's why, and a lot of new graduates, believe it or not, experience burnout really early on in their careers. I'll try to find some articles or some things that talk more about that and link it in the show notes if I can. But I know that there's uh, a lot of OTs who have talked about burnout in the past. And I think it is something that should be on our radar, especially as new grads. So taking care of your mental health. So seeking out any mental health supports like counseling or therapy, life coaching, whatever it is that you have to do, I think it's so important to just have a dedicated professional who can help you navigate this new transition and this new season of your life while being able to also take care of your mental health. I honestly feel like that can be an episode in itself, like just talking about burnout and taking care and prioritizing our mental health, especially in this new grad season. So I'm going to pause there. And you know what? You know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to bring on a guest, and this guest is going to help me chat more about this. So, little teaser spoiler <laughs> for what's to come. All right, moving on, let's talk about what the financial part of life, you know, as a new grad looks like. And I just talked about the financial piece when, you know, you've just graduated, but you haven't started working yet. So once you start working, my biggest piece of advice and something, again, that I personally did was continue living like a student. What I mean by this is, you know how you live when you're a student, you kind of like pinch your pennies just a little bit and you watch your spending and you don't have a lot of wiggle room in your budget when you're a student continue living like that, right? Don't increase drastically your expenses. As soon as you graduate is not the time to go get that super fancy luxury car or I don't know. I mean, if you're in the position to do this because the housing market is crazy, but (laughs) it's not the time to go out and buy a big fancy big house, right? You want to continue living like a student. And this is so that you can just ease your way into, you know, the bills that are going to start coming on and like your student loan payments and all of that. So continue living like a student. A lot of finance and and money coaches and things talk about this and it's something that I do agree with. Now, of course, you can treat yourself and you can still, you know, do nice things for yourself. But in general, you want to keep your baseline and your expenses as low as you can. The next thing is to make sure that you're enrolled in your employer-sponsored retirement plan. For a lot of new grad OTs, that's going to look like a 401k. Pretty sure again, I've talked about this in the past, but I'll link a few articles as well in the show notes about employer-sponsored retirement plans, but just make sure you're in that. Even if you don't quite fully know (laughs) what that means or retirement, just make sure that you, when you get that job offer, make sure that that is offered and make sure that you are enrolled in it and you are actually contributing. Again, I'm pretty sure I've, I feel like, I know this is only episode six, but I feel like I've talked about that in one of those other five episodes. But if I haven't, again, I will link some information for you. Now, next thing is I want you to decide on some type of organization method, whether that's paper and pen, whether that's an app, a journal, whatever you're doing to track your finances. You also want to start tracking your pre-tax deductions and your withdrawals that come out of your paychecks so that you know your average net or take-home pay. This is going to make budgeting and all the extra additional fun finance stuff that we'll talk about in later episodes. It'll make it a lot easier when you know what your take-home pay is. Now, I say your take-home because, you know, taxes come out and lots of other things come out. So you want to know at the end of the day, how much money do I have to work with per month? So that's all my tips as far as like the finance piece. Again, not too much here because you likely just started working. Like you want to get a few paychecks under your belt anyway so that you can you know, start seeing patterns and how much can I expect to be bringing home. And then we can get into all of the weeds when it comes to finance. And, you know, I love it. I love getting into the weeds. So don't, don't worry. I'll leave, I won't leave you hanging on that one. We'll definitely dig into that in some future episodes. Now, this next one is something that again, took me a little while to fully grasp, I guess. But my next piece of advice is to remember that hobbies are crucial. So what do you enjoy outside of work, outside of being an OT? Now, trust me, this one is a must. We all love OT, but I firmly believe that you can't make it your entire life. And honestly, it's one of the reasons I started talking about other things like faith and finance on my Instagram, because I didn't want to talk about OT 24-7. 
And I want to be clear that there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to live, breathe, and eat OT. You can love it without making it your entire life. And I think it's important to recognize too that if you're you know, only focused on your career, it's it can be really hard to have that healthy work-life balance. So being able to just dig deep and find what else sparks joy, what else makes you happy to talk about, pursue that. And who knows, maybe you can even turn it into a little side hustle and bring in some extra cash from it. But we're not even going to go there yet because <laughs> this is all about navigating your new grad season. And I don't teach the message that you have to immediately jump into entrepreneurship. You have to have multiple strings of income. You have to, you know, have this side hustle. Like as a new grad, a lot of times you're just trying to figure out what it means to be and to practice as an OT. So you don't have to worry about that too much, but I'm just saying that <laughs> whatever you, you know, brings you joy or what makes you happy, eventually, who knows, maybe you can turn it into a business later on down the line. Now, I mentioned earlier, you know, this concept of having a healthy work-life balance. So balance is just really, really important. And I've said it before, Maybe not on the podcast, but I've said it somewhere on social media. <laughs> I've said it before and, you know, I'll say it again. In order to show up professionally, I truly believe that it's imperative that we take care of ourselves and our personal needs first. It's not selfish. It's essential. Saying no, having boundaries, resting, whatever that looks like for you, making sure to implement those things and to stick to them because that's going to help you with your work-life balance, which is also going to help you with, you know, hopefully avoiding burnout, at least burning out in the, you know, early part of your career. Because in a lot of ways, I guess it feels that burnout is inevitable. Like at some point you might feel burnt out, but you know, hopefully that's not for several, several years into, you know, practicing as an OT. So anyways, I guess this second half of navigating your new grad season in this, you know, post-job era <laughs> is really focusing on, like I said, the things that are going to help you have a healthy work-life balance, the things that are going to help you to pour into yourself and to focus on your self-care and your mental health. And all of these things are going to hopefully help you to avoid feeling burnt out so early on into your new grad season. All right, I don't know about you, but for me, transitions can be just plain hard. I'm very much a creature of habit kind of gal. I like my routine. I like my environment. I really just like what I like. But the reason transitions can be hard, at least to me, is because of that fear of the unknown. You don't know what's waiting on the other side and so you can't prepare. And if you are anything like me, you like to be prepared. Maybe you like to be in control. Maybe a little too much. Maybe I'm in therapy for that. <laughs> but when I graduated, I I didn't feel prepared for the transition from student to practitioner. I mean, I felt prepared, yes, to start working. Of course, you know, imposter syndrome at some point <laughs> started to creep in, but that's another episode for another day, but I didn't really feel prepared or in control of that, that transition that, and specifically that transition in identity that I was going to go through. And it, it hit me really hard. 
And I found that a lot of people were sharing, especially on social media, how excited they were about graduating and how amazing their first job was. And I did feel that way too, but like I said, another part of me almost felt lost in this new role. It was a strange, conflicting feeling. And then on top of it, me trying to figure out the whole finances situation and like, okay, I'm like a real adult now. Like I'm supposed to be smart with my money, but I don't know what that looks like. So it was just a lot. So if you're feeling that way currently, I really want to pause here and I want to encourage you and tell you that it does get better. The new grad season gets better. You find your rhythm as a new grad you hit your stride at work, you figure out all the grown-up adulting stuff, but give yourself grace and be patient. And remember that OT is what you do, and it may even be a small part of who you are, but it's not all that you are. And that's okay, it doesn't have to be. In fact, I don't necessarily think it should be. I think it's okay to connect with these parts of ourselves that have absolutely nothing to do with OT. You know, this is your season and your chance to find and maybe to reconnect with yourself. Heck, maybe it's even your season to reinvent yourself. Whatever you choose to do, do it with your whole heart and give it all you've got. Again, I want to say a huge congratulations to all of the 2023 graduates. I'm proud of you and I'm wishing you all the success And I am rooting for you as you navigate this very special, very exciting, and very transformational new grad season. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.